You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Modern Myth Podcast with me, your host, Tristan, the Anarchaeologist. Today I have a wonderful guest, that's Phoenix Archer, who recently completed the Technical Conservation Traineeship with Historic Environment Scotland in partnership with Next Step Initiative. Phoenix was based in Stirling at the Engine Shed, which is kind of funny because we were just talking in the pre-show there that... uh, we actually, I, I passed that um, on the way to work, and uh, it's kind of funny that we must have passed like ships in the night. Of course, I know Phoenix from actually university, of all things, so it's it's definitely a small world. But this is, I uh, thank you very much for coming to speak to me, and I really, really want to know more about what it was like to do this traineeship. So can you tell me a bit more about how did how did you get involved in the first place? What happened? Let me see. So, a very long time ago, I decided to have a dream that I wanted to work in museums, and it wasn't going exactly according to plan. And something said, kind of try, kind of sectors adjacent to the museum world, the builders, the joiners, the, you know, the stonemasons, and I thought, well, I get to get my hands dirty, try something new, why not? Um, and then the opportunity arose when I was volunteering in Aberdeen and it was on the uh, Scottish Museums Forum on Facebook and I saw it, there was this, this post for trainees and I thought, look, as much as I love me some volunteering, I got bills to pay. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just do this. I thought, okay, let me do some research about it. And it was a programme at Next Step Initiative in Glasgow. So they're an organisation that help um, different ethnic minorities with whether it's getting work skills, um, getting an interview ready. Uh, It's people that have just come over from Africa and helping them with their visas, helping them kind of learn the UK system when it comes to the, the job sector, because it's, it's very different. Um, so giving them this, the right skills. And also there's an element of uh, working with the environment, helping people to be more environmentally friendly with like light bulbs and where they shop and they just be a bit more green in how they work with the earth and the day-to-day lives. Um, so I thought, okay, this seems to be a great organisation. It's great, cool. I like this. I like this, and uh, it's an organisation with uh, a large amount of African individuals there. I thought, okay, this is also good. Coming from Yorkshire all the way to Scotland, uh, lacking in melanin in here in Scotland. So I thought, <laughs> great, all right. I'm going to feel comfortable. Nobody's not going to make any, you know, make me feel uncomfortable too much. This is going to be cool. So I looked at the advert, I applied, it was a simple process like most um, applications, you know, you send in your CV, you tell them, you know, your key skills, what you're good at, um, your credentials, like your um, previous employment, your education and things like that. I did that, 
And then a few weeks later, they got back in touch with me and they said, we want you for an, an interview. Now, little did I know, before the interview, there were lots of technical problems. Because <laughs> hmm. I think this computer I used to fill in the application was a completely different system that they had used. So mine's, I think I was using, was it the library at the time? I didn't have a laptop on that point. So I was using the Aberdeen Library, Central Library and they were a bit more up to date so certain things are missing <laughs> like the ticks you know like they say what age you are like the tick for that age range was missing I had no idea all this was going on so I get to the interview um I got all the way to Glasgow that's where the interview was and uh it was a bad day lots of rain lots of craziness going on um I didn't know where this place was I had an idea you know you're looking at a map going it's just down the road that's fine mm. no it's not <laughs> uh so eventually got there got soaked i was late <laughs> i hate being late to, to, to interviews it's terrible uh so i got there late i am like a drowned rat my i got a raincoat and the raincoat failed me i hate these raincoats <laughs> <laughs> so i got there and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm late. Bus driver took me off of the wrong place. And he said it was over this bridge and it was actually before the bridge. He's lying. I hate his guts. <laughs> um, so I got in there. They're like, it's fine, it's fine. So they asked me, yeah, just calm down. It's okay, it's fine. And what I had to do for the interview was just you know, tell them about myself. Why do I want to be accepted um, as a, onto the placement for the interview? I mean, for the traineeship. And... I also had to kind of do a presentation, something to do with my culture, just any kind of presentation for three minutes. Now, I've done presentations before. Many may or may not know. They kind of teach you a little bit uh, at university to do presentations. Um, I can be good and I cannot be good, depending on what's going on. I did think I was going to be terrible. I was like a drowned rat. I was completely lit. And I decided to do a presentation on um, Kemi dolls. So Kemi dolls are kind of spiritual objects in the Caribbean Isles. And I did it specifically for Jamaica class, where a lot of my heritage from. And so I did that and uh, I had a backbone of what I wanted to say. So like the history and the use and the archaeological finds and things like that. It was okay. I did it under three minutes and I was engaging. I worked on my body language, even though I was shivering from being drowned with all the lovely Glasgow rain. And it was fine. And uh, the typical, you know, interview questions at the, at the end, they asked, oh, do you have anything you would like to, you know, ask us? So usually in previous interviews uh, in the past, I would say, uh, do I get a pension? <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> do I need a uniform? Do I do I need like a work badge? What's what's it like? Um, and then I remembered a while ago. This was off the top of my head. So sometimes what you read does does stay in your brain. Mm-hmm. But a question popped into my head, and it said, "Ask them about the ethos of the company." Mm-hmm. I, you know, at that point I didn't know much about Hez. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, well, this would be a great way. You know, there's only so much it, it, it can get of a feeling from a website, you know, because at that point I didn't know anybody that worked for Hez. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I was wanting to uh, have my placement in Edinburgh, you know, train links from Aberdeen to Edinburgh or maybe Glasgow to train links. I know that, but I didn't know Sterling, so I chose mm-hmm. either Glasgow or Edinburgh. Um, 
Uh, so they said, you know, maybe we want you for Sterling instead. I thought, okay, well, can you tell me more about the ethos of the company? And they said, yeah, when it comes to birthdays, we all like putting a pot if someone's leaving, if someone's pregnant, you know, we have cakes and stuff. And I think, you know what, this sounds like a really great company. Little did I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, at that time, I was like, okay, cool. I'll seem nice. You know, I, I, I was a novice. I was fresh. I was like, let's do this. So they said, thank you. They seemed happy. Uh, I think I did the best that I could. Despite being late and transport issues and the wonderful rain. I, even as I left the building, I got lost again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. But then I, I eventually found my way and I got home and I got the coach back. And on the way back, I got a phone call um, and it was for the manager at the time. There was, there was two managers, so there was one of two managers there. And she called me. She said, hi, is this Phoenix? I said, yes, hello. I'm tired. I was going to get back to Aberdeen. I'm, I'm just so... And I smell funny. I smell like wet dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, who is this calling me? What is going on? He's like, hi. So I'm you know, one of the managers you know, like for the interview that you just did. I was like, oh, hi. So I was expecting her to tell me it was rubbish or hope you got home safe or something. I said, you know, we would like to offer you the position but to be placed at Sterling. I was like, okay, thank you. I was so normal. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't really hear it that much you know very well and also i was just thinking oh god i need sleep oh my god what a day and i was like mm. i was just very normal it was kind of an autopilot just be polite just just be good you know just smile mm-hmm. it's like did you hear me i was like yes thank you all right send, send me more details soon you know when you get home and i get a rest yes no problem okay bye and then as soon as you know the phone call ended it clicked in my brain <laughs> i just said you know, they want you. Shut up. You know, they want you. Shut up. Oh, my God. They want me. Oh, my God. That means I'm going to move from Aberdeen to Sterling. Oh, my God. I know nothing about Sterling apart from they have a castle. What the hell am I going to do? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, And that's when things got interesting. <laughs> so that's how it started. Yeah. So I... And that's... I mean, that does sound really, really good. Um, I, I must say, I've been at... Um, I've been to a couple of interviews where I, I've been late, lost, and all that, and you know it, it just adds the extra pressure on, doesn't it? And especially yeah. when you're traveling down from Aberdeen um, to Stirling, which I'm pretty sure is must be like uh, two and a half hours, three hours on the train. Yes, yeah, two two and a half hours on a good day. <laughs> yeah, but you must have made a decent impression uh, if on the same day on your journey back they wanted you. So. What, what you've kind of hinted at something not really something going awry at some point so what happened after that so in the background i should tell you a bit of background here sure at, sure at that point i just started a new relationship <laughs> okay months before and I was applying for so many jobs in and around Aberdeen, I didn't get it. So I had to break it to my boyfriend at that time. Yo, mm. I'm off to Sterling. <laughs> I like, look, 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 the training trips for a year, I'll be back. And it's one of those kind of things you, you see in films. Our relationship is strong. We can mm. handle it. <laughs> 
again. Mm-hmm. That's something else I'll go to later on. Um, I thought, you know what? It's just for a year. Come on now. If, if, you, if you really care and we really love each other, we got this. I had no car. So I was like, okay. Or anything I need, any clothes or what have you, I'm just going to have to bring it in a suitcase and my rucksack and maybe a hold all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did that via train. Well, half of it was via train and half of it was via uh, the coach. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I know nobody in Sterling. There was no kind of support to say, oh, go in this direction, go in that direction. I was like, okay, the places in Aberdeen I would use, maybe Gumtree or from word of mouth or um, what do you call those kind of Facebook groups mm-hmm. where they say, oh, there's student accommodation available. I thought, well, I'm a junior, technically I'm a student. So I looked for that. It was hardly anything in Sterling. And then when I eventually did get approved from one or two of the groups, that you know that said yeah come into this group we'll tell you about some houses that are available they'd already been taken up because i started my traineeship in april mm. so yeah. all of this you know the student population at that time they were already set they were already in their accommodation and so there wasn't much left but slim pickings basically uh so i had to go into the sterling host- uh, hostel uh that was fun <laughs> mm. uh so I, I did that and it was difficult, you know, at that point, I, kind of, I had lived with students in the past, you know, fellow students, but with complete strangers, different age ranges. I did at that point ask for, you know, just a single female dorm. That didn't mm. happen. So that was interesting. And I got used to the nightlife in Sterling very quickly with mm. uh, the hostel. I don't know if you're aware where the hostel is right in the city centre. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, it's so noisy. I love it because, like, you just walk out the door and there's food and cafe restaurants and everything everywhere. Brilliant for that. Oh, but those nightclubs come alive <laughs> as soon as the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. So the combination was terrible. Right. <laughs> Getting all yeah. my stuff. I was so like terrified to go to the office and just leave my stuff in the hostel. I was like, ah, just lock it up as best I can do. So I did use, you know, pocket key. At that point, I was still looking for somewhere to stay. You know, I thought, I can't be staying in this hostel all the way through. Um, so I started the traineeship and I, you know, I met my supervisors. Um, everybody's like, hey, congratulations. We're so happy to have you, Sterling. And then they told me, ah, it's just you. Everywhere else, um, all the other trainees that got picked, they had a partner in a sense, you know, someone else that was on the traineeship with them, but they might be doing something slightly different, but they were placed in the same area or the same building, and it was just me. And I thought, okay, it's fine. I I don't mind being alone. (laughs) I like my own company too. It's all right. It might be nice to go exploring. Uh, So I was in Sterling. You know, uh, based at the engine shed, I uh, had the opportunity to work with stonemasons and joiners. So I wasn't always at the engine shed. It was my base, but I could go out, you know, to different depots and uh, different locations and, and work on different buildings. And it was great. It was great for the fact that it wasn't just an office based role. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to work in different groups. Uh, so I got to work with the maintenance unit, the maintenance care unit. That's kind of based in and around Sterling. 
Uh, so that involves stonemasons and joiners and electricians and what have you. And then I also got a chance to work with collections uh, management unit. They're, they're mainly based in Edinburgh. There was a lot of emails back and forth, understanding how you research exhibitions, what, how do you use the archives for hairs, you know, mm-hmm. um, historic environment Scotland, if anybody doesn't know. Um, yeah. And it was great. The fact that I get to work with different teams, brilliant. That aspect I loved, 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 loved. But then I noticed when I was in the office, um, it, it, it was, I was fully aware I was the only black person there. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't notice. It would it be nice if they'd let me know? Mm-hmm. but looking back now I don't think it would have changed I wouldn't have suddenly magically changed my behaviour or mm-hmm. what I wore how I reacted, how I behaved it would just be nice for a bit of a heads up you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that, that's all um, and then I met some people there and they were nice, they don't want to know about you, you know, when you work at, you know, when you start in a new office, they're all like, oh, new person who are you, mm-hmm. what do you do, it's like 20 questions you're like, okay, cool, <laughs> I'm just here to work that's nice, mm-hmm. but you're being over the top I'm not, you know, like people when they have new babies, never be like, oh, cool, 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 new baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. calm down. I know uh-huh. you're excited. Uh, calm down. Because I'm more of a gradual getting to know people mm-hmm. kind of person. I'm not more of a, oh my God, how on my sleeve is everything about me? <laughs> and then obviously, because of uh, my ethnicity, I physically look different as well. Yeah. Um, some of the questions were a bit too personal like they were like mm. where are you from or where are you really from and who are you who really are you i'm like mm. oh my god Ooh. so i just said i'm from yorkshire that's where i was born and raised mm. and you know yes i am black british but i am from yorkshire and that's my baby that's my home mm. you yeah. know yeah. so it's probably different for mm. other people like people that were born in africa and then they came you know, over or mm-hmm. they were born in the Caribbean and then and then they came over. I was born in the UK, you know, Afro-Caribbean parents and grandparents from Jamaica. So to me, I'm like kind of one and a half, kind of second-ish generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um yeah. and it got worse. That's a that's the best way I can describe it. I'll do my best not to mention names. I'd say managers and supervisors at the time because hey people's jobs may change titles may change you know with everything that's going on in the world who knows if they're still going to be there anymore um and it, me talking right now is not for me to necessarily get people in trouble per se but it's to highlight biases perhaps and for people to kind of reflect and not to say i'm sorry but make the actions speak louder than their words just to give people an an idea that the, you know this this is the environment that that was there, mm-hmm. and that this kind of environment can appear in other places as well. You know, yes. I, I understand what you mean. It's it's about that people might not because they don't get asked these questions. For example, they're not aware that these questions are a bit weird. You know, I I feel like I feel like it sounds like people. I think I'm one of those excitable people who loves meeting new people. I would have been that annoying person. Um, <laughs> but hopefully I would have had the mind to actually realize and, you know, like accept that first answer that you gave. You know, I, I think I think this is the thing is that people people usually 
they let go they're kind of like i think a lot of people don't understand why it's a problem you know yeah. uh, i think people are i mean it doesn't mean anything that the intent you know the intent is it, you know it doesn't take away the effect but mm. i think if people um had more of a sight on this um then i think it maybe take a few minutes to kind of think before they said something you know um but what we'll do mm. is we'll take a break and after the break we will return to this topic and now we're back so you're listening to modern myth and i'm sitting down here with phoenix talking about um her experiences uh, as a part of the traineeship um over at historic environment scotland now um we were just well phoenix just tell me about the kind of environment that she found herself in when she went to an office and she was the only black person there now um people had been asking people obviously where people are obviously asking questions about a new person but in phoenix's case they were probing even further and further almost not believing that she came from where she said she was so i i think those are quite obvious questions were there any really like it was it just this kind of like disbelief or was there other situations where you just felt uncomfortable so um luckily later on um next step initiative uh was able to find another trainee at the engine shed so that came around what may june time that was great and he's from glasgow uh he came from malawi and then you know first stint in the uk and he's like got his traineeship and he's there at the engine shed and he's like woohoo that was a blessing i wasn't alone i wasn't alone and i'm pretty cool within my uh myself being comfortable with myself when you're the only one that looks like you that you can only refer to you know what this is this is gonna sound so weird but just shows you know when you come into the office you're like hey how was your weekend or how was your day what did you do last night and some people will say i was with kids i was with my husband i was with my wife and other people will probably say that maybe a bit young but i was studying i was with my mum and things like that and it was just me i had everything to come to sterling no mommy no daddy no no partner no kids at that point nothing mm. and i couldn't relate mm. i tried to so if someone said uh, i had a meal with my partner i was like oh what kind of food did you have you know was it was it nice food because I'm, i i think i'm quite good with food and i can talk about food to the pigs come home i'm a bit of a foodie so i would try to fit in really hard i tried so hard i even changed like the way i dressed my hair styles changed just to fit in because i felt so alone and then when i got a new trainee i felt better and then I was meeting other trainees, but were um, owned by HES, whereas my trainee was owned by Next Step Initiative. So it was nice people around about my age range. So a lot of them still were living with their mum and dad, but we had slightly similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was only me and the other trainee from Next Step Initiative that were only black people there again, no problem, because we were all getting along, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it's like a bit like a band-aid. You think, I'm not alone, everything's fine, 
you know, we can share. And I, and I did sometimes open up to do the training. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, uh, it's a little bit different. Some people might think, well, what's the difference between the, the Caribbean and Africa? Well, Africa's a continent, number one. Yeah. <laughs> and there's different countries in Africa mm-hmm. and they all have different traditions and customs. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's just a different experience. So Jamaican background, Caribbean, you know, kind of heritage, we relate on some things, you know, we're a bit closer as it were, but we're not the same. Mm. Uh, so I couldn't really talk about our home or because his wife, I, I used to tease him a little bit about this. He said, oh, I wish I could have a wife because his wife would bring him, uh, make him lunch and he'd bring it to work with him. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I would bring my own. I'd have to like, buy my own or bring my own. So I was like, oh, how do you mm. get your wife? But that's one of those some African countries, you know, the wife takes care of the husband and the kids and, you know, takes them a pack lunch and stuff like that. And we talk about food and things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I would bring in um, Caribbean-inspired foods, I'd get looks. Yeah. You know, people would say stuff or they kind of, like, walk in, like, make a screw face and walk out um, of, of um, kind of the canteen areas and the first we'd eat food sometimes in the office itself. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, I'd not want to be in the office that much. Mm-hmm. It was good because the timing was right. I was off with stonemasons and, and joiners and um, other teams working up at uh, Sterling Castle. It was great. So the time I didn't want to be in the office, there was a time where I didn't have to be in the office. It was great, but sometimes I would have to be in the office. So on Fridays, we'd have to work on our portfolio. Um, so for, for clarification, not everybody has to do a portfolio for their traineeship. Some people have a certificate, mm-hmm. um, based on kind of modules to do with museums and, um, the built environment. I didn't have to do that. There were some trainees that worked in the David Livingston kind of building in Glasgow and they had to do the certificate for me and the other my other trainee uh he we both of us we had to do a portfolio at the end of it so on Fridays we would have to be back in the office no matter where we were you know during the rest of the week whether it's stonemasons or what have you we'd mm-hmm. have to be and that would be kind of hell yeah it'd be hell I'm not, I'm not even gonna put it mildly it was awkward um <laughs> Just, just to name a couple of instances. Um, I had my hair pulled <laughs> by. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I just, I, just, I think it was the best way to kind of introduce this bit. So I had my hair pulled. I was accused of smoking weed. Um, I was told I was being too sensitive. I was weirdly accused that I was trying to flirt with a married man, and that. I should be with a black partner, not anyone else. Yeah. So that happened over the space of, let me see, six months. And for most of those instances, alcohol was not involved. Wait, wait and this was, and this was from multiple people. This wasn't yeah. just. Yeah. Did this just happen? Was it just happening in passing, or is it like, like, did it seem to be? You said most of it was no alcohol involved, so I'm assuming it was in in the office. Yeah, some of them were in the office. Um, the hair pulling incident. I don't know what was going on there. So, 
I'll try not to be too hard on myself. And I'll just say, again, I was trying to make them like me. So there was a a, a Christmas event and they said, oh, we're going to do some wreath making and we're going to have some cider. So this is one where alcohol was involved. Yeah. Um, we're going to have some cider. And I didn't want to drink any alcohol. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to impair anything. So mm. uh, I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I thought, okay, everything can alcohol, just have a bit. So I watered it down. So I had a bit of cider, some kind of punch thing, but I watered it down. Um, and I said, oh, Phoenix, do you want to kind of take part in the wreath making? I said, no, I'll stay and do a bit more work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night, I'll help you guys tie you up. I thought, if I tied you up, they'll think I'm one of the team. They'll think I'm, you know, a team player. They'll, they'll think I'm nice and I'm thoughtful and kind. Because mm-hmm. before that, so this was in December, months and months had gone by where just the aura, the energy, the things we were saying we're doing made me think they didn't like me. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll do this. So we stayed and we chatted and we talked and it was about just life and they were mainly reminiscing about their time together because they've all known each other for years and I'm just this new person that's come in. Mm-hmm. So I was just smiling and listening and nodding and they were sharing their likes and dislikes of different music and that's it. And then the subject of hair came up. Now at this point I had, my hair had grown, so my hair was mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Well, just be what well, shoulder length and he had extra curls and what have you but i mainly covered it or i put a hat on uh mm-hmm. so it, it just it just it just looked more tidy and kept or sometimes i would wear a scarf mm-hmm. um so that that day i think i was wearing a hat it was a bit of a short hat but i was wearing a hat but you could still tell that my hair was kind of like long again did not think what would happen next happened but hey you know life is surprising so we're talking about hair and one of the other members of staff she has dreadlocks herself mm-hmm. um and this person happens i should let the listeners know she's not uh, a person afro-caribbean descent hey if you all want to do it that's fine it's not up to me i think there's a very thin line between cultural appreciation and appropriation but that's a topic mm-hmm. for another day um yeah. you know uh, she seemed nice enough odd but nice enough mm-hmm. um and then they were talking about her hair and how great her hair is and I swear, I, w- I was just wanted to die in a pit hole. I knew they were going to compare her hair to my hair. I knew mm-hmm. I've had this before in other organizations or just friends mm-hmm. of friends. And they were like, oh, your hair's different from Phoenix's. Phoenix's hair's different from mine. And I thought, oh, oh I want to die. Why did I decide to stay over? Why did I decide to stay in the office and help? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why? So a member of staff, a senior member of staff, got up to go behind me and get some alcohol because there was two tables like of different drinks and mixes and what have you and a bit of food. She got up to get something to drink and then on her way back, I could feel her approaching because, you know, you can just, it's, only, it's not a long room or anything. As she was coming back to the table to sit down, she pulled my hair. Now, some people might go, oh, that's a bit silly. Why would she do that? No idea. I didn't say anything directly to her. I didn't do anything to initiate this although there shouldn't be any you know there's no no reason yeah Yeah. so she she pulled my hair i was in shock i was Mm -hmm. in shock then it turned to anger and then i wanted to cry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'll explain my my rationale for that because some people might go you should have told her what not to do you should have told it's wrong you should have done this you should have done that Mm -hmm. alcohol's flowing they've already done that They've already made me feel uncomfortable with the talk about hair and how 
comparing my hair to this other lady's hair. Mm-hmm. They've already months before that done things up to that point to make me feel uncomfortable and sad and not want to be in the office, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but this time they physically touched me. My hair is a part of my head. Yep. Yep. Right. And then I thought this grown woman not going to be rude to her, but she looked like she's in her 50s or 60s. She's got a family and everything. I was worried if I'd said something and she lost her job or she was on a warning that she would lose her job. The safety of her job at that point, I was worried about. And then I would be deemed as a bad person if I said anything. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that I am a trainee, she's a senior member of staff, been there for years. How on earth is anybody going to listen to me? Yeah. And of course, the elephant in the room, I'm black, she's white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's as simple as that so mm-hmm. when she did that i just put my whatever it is i was drinking down and i walked off into the room and i started packing my bag and then i mm-hmm. i messaged my uh my, my boyfriend who's my current boyfriend now and i said look you need to pick me up now i don't care where you are you can pick me up now because I, I previously i told him look i uh i'm gonna be staying late at work I'll give you a message to let you know when to pick me up. I said, you need to get here now. So you could hear that I was upset, but I didn't tell him why. So I'm in the office at this point. I'm away from everybody else at the party. And I just I started crying a little bit. I just thought, I can't believe they just did that. What am I going to do? I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to be around those people. I was like, they did things up to that point without alcohol. Now they're doing it with alcohol. I'm sorry, but it's kind of... Some people say, oh, oh, they're just having a couple of drinks. They didn't mean that. They didn't mean this. But they were doing things up to that point without alcohol. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it, to me, it, it's 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 malicious at that point. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a, oh, my bad, man, I called you the wrong name. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I stepped on your toe or something, you know. It, mm-hmm. it's You physically put your hands on someone and you did something with intent. You pulled a person's hair. Number one, it's very childish. It's very high schooly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is a grown woman doing it yeah. to a younger person. Mm-hmm. And let's say if you take it outside of the context of an office environment. In the animal kingdom, that's fighting talk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know? It's like when a guy, you know, brushes his shoulder into another guy. That's fighting talk. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> I, I, it wouldn't be. It's not acceptable any in any case. Mm. Like, do you know what? Like, if that was um, if any normal office, I mean, that is harassment. You know, that mm. goes to HR. You know, there's nothing. It's nothing. Obviously, it's nothing. It is. It is wrong. Whatever, ha- whatever, whoever's doing it, whatever happens. But in particular. <laughs> It feels as if it was it was an escalation of the conversation already going on, yeah. And that's that's just that is that is shocking, you know. Oh, um, yeah. It gets even more interesting. Okay. So that was a Friday night, and then the weekend I was spending it with my with my boyfriend, and I didn't want to think about it. You know, when tragic things happen or really upsetting things happen, you kind of want to block it out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to ruin the weekend by telling my boyfriend and saying, look, it's what happened. Because he's going to be sad and he's going to be like, yo, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, and then another part of me was trying to wrestle and think, should I say something or should I not? Should I just leave it? There's a part of me that said, leave it. You don't want to rock the boat. You've only got a couple more months of your traineeship left. You might want a reference from these people. Don't rock the boat. And that is a problem, should I say. That is a kind mm-hmm. of frame of thought that many people of color think when something goes wrong i don't want to rock the boat i don't want to see be seen as not a team player you know i just want to bury my head in the sand and keep my head down 
So people go, oh, go this person, go that person. There should be rules and this and that. Mm-hmm. It's super hard. Many, some people may not get this. It's super hard when you're a person of color, especially a black person, when something's gone wrong at work and you try to speak up and you get shot down or you all the people spoken up in the past and they say phrases like are you sure and you're not being too sensitive are you sure about this are you not you know have you got a chip on your shoulder no i'm just a human being and someone pulled my hair i'm just a human being and someone said something rude i'm just a human being and someone accused me of smoking weed you know <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's just I, I, yeah yeah so it's not mm. acceptable it's it really it, but it's it, it's it's shocking how normal this is you know that that's something that's very kind of worrying is how how this this didn't take a lot of time it didn't take a lot of like there was no build-up this was this was it mm. um do you do you think that i mean these are these are horrifying things that have happened and i think I've I've always had the opinion that um, heritage really does have a problem uh, recruiting and retaining um, people of color, and I think these are the kind of reasons, these are the stories, these are the environments that mean that people who want to be part of this kind of sector, and that includes museums and uh, archaeology as well, mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't feel comfortable there. Um, do you do you feel that do you still have that same dream about entering a museum is that still something that you're now fighting for is that still the forefront of what you want to do i'm not gonna lie my desire for that dream did waver uh you know some people you know you hear these wonderful stories usually in films overcome you know they overcame adversity and it you know it made them a stronger person yeah but there's that transition they don't talk about that transition when you're pulling your hair out with sleepless nights you know, you question everything. You're worried about sabotage in the workplace. You're worried about everything. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the December and my traineeship was finishing in March the next year, which ended up being which is actually March this year. I I was just really focused on getting a job and getting out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. It, it really, the things that happened up to that point and on that night, really affected my mental health my emotional health my physical health i wasn't eating properly mm-hmm. oh no i wasn't i wasn't sleeping properly at all housing situation wasn't that great um i was dreading going into work but i know i had to go into work every every mm-hmm. day um it was horrible mm-hmm. absolutely horrible and it's one thing to not get along with your co-workers it's a different kettle of fish when it's because it's the color of your skin because mm-hmm. you're from a different place you know it's an added layer of stress. Mm-hmm. It makes you ill. It really makes you ill a lot, you know, from the shakes to headaches, from nausea. And, and I think we should talk about that a lot. That should be voiced, that stress manifests in so many ways. Yeah. A person waking up in the morning and doing their job could be dying inside. You just have no idea. And it's not always tears. It's not always shakes and frustrations and they're off sick yes there were days i was off sick and one of my managers did say to me why are you why are you ill so much she couldn't get it mm-hmm. she didn't get it <laughs> and, I, and, and i just thought you don't you don't get it i did try because mm-hmm. again two months before that 
you know, I was thinking of leaving the traineeship because it got so bad. And I kind of wrote one of my managers a bit of a letter. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I wrote in the letter. But don't worry, there's no yeah. swearing. <laughs> huh. I, wrote, I wrote her a letter and then, and, then, and then I put it into an email format and I sent it to her. And I just said to kind of back off. There's so much going on right now. You need to back off. Yeah. And one of the reasons was there was hardly any support. Moving from one city to a completely new city, yeah. just there's no support like African Caribbean communities or just, mm-hmm. you know. <sighs> just something to help the transition, even like even yeah. if they had helped, like almost like um, if they had helped you find accommodation, mm. if they had have given you pointers in direction of like, yeah. you know, what they're doing, if they, you know, like... Uh, these are really simple steps and the thing is if they fix that for someone like yourself they fix it for everyone you know what mm-hmm. i mean this this is not this is this is a situation where yeah this is this is something they could do to like this is something that doesn't cost a lot of money at all no. it's it's done for you know free and it's minimal effort and i did yeah mm-hmm. i did talk to some of the managers of the two main managers about i did and it's funny, when people say, oh, talk to me about anything, we're open to criticism, and you should be open to criticism too. Bull. Mm. <laughs> Bull. Again, actions speak loud in the world. If you can talk about small things and say, hey, I've got a suggestion for this to make things better, and mm. they take it on board and say, hey, what you said earlier on, mm-hmm. so we thought about it, and this is this and this, that's fine. But time and again, I was being let down by a variety of people in leadership roles and senior positions time and again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and I went to them and I was like, oh, we don't have time for that. You know, we're only working part time. You know, you're a big girl. You can find this and that. I found the best I could in an area that I didn't know hardly anything about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do online. You know, and I wasn't rich. I was a volunteer before I started the traineeship, so I couldn't be going backwards and forwards, Sterling, doing um viewings for, for buildings, you know, for, for yeah. apartments and stuff. It wasn't possible. Yeah. Do you know? Um, I'm sure a lot of people kind of listening to this um would probably to like be in the mindset that they would want to help in some way. And the thing is that what happens is when people like yourself come forward to talk about these kind of things, um, it's almost like you're asked to solve all the problems yourself. You're asked yeah. to kind of like, okay, right, well, this is a big problem, right? How do we fix it? And I, I don't, I don't want to do that. But I think that what you've brought up, um, I think there, the, the examples you've given, are are very, very striking. And they're, they're not ones that, you know, I think everybody can kind of see, well, you know, from that perspective, what the problem is, is there, is there something, is there a feeling wider that you, you, that there is in the heritage sector at all, that is there something that could be done quite easily that you feel is just being overlooked because people, is there something, is there a thing that really gets overlooked that could easily be done or do you think this is going to take a long time to kind of solve? I don't think it'll take a long time. It's been a while. I've had this dream about working in the heritage sector since I was a little girl, Yeah. you know, and it's come on. 
-hmm. leaps and bounds in the sense of more people in the LGBTQ plus community in the heritage sector now, Mm -hmm. and there's forums and there's groups, you're getting more equality for women, especially women that uh, have young kids and families, you know, so that's, I think that's great, that's wonderful, I'm not saying it shouldn't be equality for, you know, for all, Mm -hmm. but Oh, it's lacking in melanin. It's lacking in people of color. It's lacking in diversity. I am now more fastidious when I'm applying for jobs and when I'm telling people, because it's one of the things I do as a vocational work that I do is I tell people, do not just look at the the business when you're going online, when you're looking at a job. You, um, look at the board directors, look at the volunteers. If got, look at the team. Is there diversity? Mm-hmm. Is there diversity? Because if there is not, you might face some of the problems I have. I didn't have that. There wasn't there wasn't much information of who's working in different teams and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that, and I and I wish I did. And <laughs> this is again a funny kind of quote. Now it's funny. At that time, I was in tears. At that time, I didn't want to be there anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. But one of the managers, when we were talking about this, some of the things that was happening. Mm-hmm. said well that's the whole point of this traineeship is to find the cracks to show you know that this is why these traineeships are needed for people of color uh, that's great and all but i'm being hurt i'm the guinea pig that's being tested on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's you know if you have volunteers of different ethnicities fantastic tip if you have people of different ethnicities as board members and as trustees tick if you have people of different age ranges tick do mm-hmm. not just go well we've got some apprenticeships and we've got some traineeships right? mm-hmm. what what about when the apprenticeship or the traineeship finishes what what are they going to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there has to be kind of a route there has to be a pathway and this mm. is actually one of the this, this is the problem with heritage um is that there are no pathways if you speak to anybody they'll say oh well i did like a couple of months at this museum and i i kind of just accidentally fell into this job and i did this and oh suddenly i'm the you know like it, there's a lot of this kind of like you know falling into things and i i think it, it poses a problem because like you said people can be in an apprenticeship but then there's no job at the end of it you mm. know so w- what are they to do you know with all that experience it's a shame that i keep getting told oh it's funding it's funding i get that but then a couple of but i was meticulous before i got the traineeship i was really on it i was like okay mm. what organizations would be cool to work at um you know what's the turnover do they keep turning out jobs you know in a similar department or in a similar field or with similar job titles so some organizations they have a really high turnover mm-hmm. don't know if it's the clients i don't know if it some people blamed it on the funding but if you're able to have jobs over and over and over available over mm-hmm. the space of three four years mm-hmm. and you keep turning people out that's your problem you need to start your business model if the funding is that well unreliable look at funding elsewhere or change your model your funding application you can't mm-hmm. just say well it's funding we can't hire this person we can't hire that person mm-hmm. I, I remember i went to a big kind of corporate meeting very very big girl there i went to a corporate meeting at Hez, and uh-huh. it, everybody was really disgruntled because uh at that point 
the, the office that I was in, because we had two offices, we had the science office and then we had the um, the education outreach office. And the education mm-hmm. outreach office, they were just large portions of them were really upset because a variety of their teams, people had gone sick, people had left early. <clears throat> That's all I'm going to say to that. Um, some people had been started to work part-time. We had a, a gentleman that was off sick as well for a very long period of time. We had another lady that was off sick uh, for mental health reasons. Another one that was uh, short-term sick as well. We were working on a skeleton crew. And we were like, look, we need these people you mm-hmm. know, in the office because everybody else is stressed and what have you. And... Uh, other senior members of staff in the build in the um, in the business and they were just saying oh we can't the funding we're waiting for this turnaround waiting for that turnaround but clearly they didn't even communicate that to the senior members of staff in my office so what little chance did i have you know mm-hmm. to be heard to have my my needs and wants listened to if the people i'm working with are not hearing you know not getting the vital information of why things have been postponed why they can't get office supplies why they can't get key personnel why their um uh, the job advertisement you know for a specific post in their team is not is is, is not available right now it's being delayed if they're not going to get that information of why certain things are not happening i'm not surprised i wasn't taken care of you see what i mean yeah yeah no of course of course it's 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 it, yeah it's just a it's it's another symptom um mm. of the same problem it's yeah it's it's not good at all so i i hope i hope that you are now continuing to uh apply for positions and places that are in line with the kind of the, the dream that you have i mean is it is it I mean, obviously, museums themselves, I have always said on this show that uh, museums need to be abolished in their current practice and mm. reformed and reiterated, because I feel very much that museums uh, continue on the same cycles again and again. And I think we need to have some sort of change, fundamental change, you know, not just like you said, just having a couple trainee ships, but mm. at every level, we need to have a fundamental change and i'm hoping that that some people will listen to this and listen to other people making their voices heard and understand that this is a part of a process of change you know uh, i i don't think i think I, it's not about a blame game or anything like that mm. this is about making everything better and making an environment better you know that people are in it's not just about oh, well, if we don't say these words or, you know, if we don't, you know, th- do this, then everything's fixed. It's it's far more, it's far more to it. There's, it really is. It's, is it's it? quite in- yeah. interesting. Sorry, just to jump in there. It's quite interesting how um, when, because I, w- I was looking for support, basically. It was hard, you know, I was looking for support. And then I heard that they have different forums of, like i don't know uh early families uh people that adopt dogs and pets and stuff which is very cute and for there was an also an lgbt community a forum as well and i was like i wonder if it's like a person of color kind of forum you know people of color forum mm-hmm. um so i got in touch with the equalities manager again on my own initiative nobody told me you know mm-hmm. um and she says, oh, we don't actually have anything like that. We can set one up. So I did I did my best. I was very diligent. I was like, I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to do this mm-hmm. amongst all the other pressures and my workload and everything else. Um, and she said, look, well, it might not be possible 
he was honest. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing her at all before anybody says, oh, you know, she put you, you know, told you to go up the garden path or anything. No, she, no, she says it might not be possible um, because there's less than 30 members of staff in the Hall of Hez that identify as a person of colour. Mm-hmm. Hez has, over, I think it's over just over 2,000 at that time, mm-hmm. um, uh, members of staff, and only 30 of them, well, just under 30 of them were identified as person of colour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... So, yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> and then I tried to get more things about uh, black exhibitionists, you know, kind of exhibitionists uh, that kind of work in the museum world, uh, black architects or people of colour architects and things. I tried that. I tried to, you know, work in the collections team and, and exhibitions team. And also there's no room for it. There's no scope for it. It's just, it's just constantly that's not good enough we can't have that but we'll get funding to get a person of Mm -hmm. color but we're not going to utilize them we're not going to engage with them we're going to stifle them and i just thought well why did you hire me why do you want me here if you're gonna Mm -hmm. verbally you know hurt me with your words make me feel uncomfortable pull my hair uh, tell me that i'm being sensitive tell me that i'm being rude that that person should have you know they've they've been told off for their behavior in the past, but you didn't protect me in that way. Why am I here? It's just for a diversity tip. Other people, some people think, oh, when these positions um, specifically advertise, you want a person of color or marginalized roots, you know, or game, or it's not right, it's a diversity hire. Well, yeah, but think about the other person. They're coming into a new environment. How hard is it for them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. No, no, definitely. And I think this, this all together, um, as you've clearly demonstrated, is all reasons why we need to process together to make some sort of changes. And finally, what would you say to somebody applying to an apprenticeship in the same way? Like, what what do you think you would say uh, to them? What's your advice? Uh, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. I realize a lot of that was like, oh, negative things happened to me. I'm glad I did it. Uh, I don't think I'll ever do it again. Um, my advice to others, do it. Apply, do as much research as you can, but mm-hmm. it's not the same as maybe talking to someone. If you can email someone and just ask the straight questions, is it quite a diverse company? Is it a diverse team? Um, I just want to, you know, feel safe and feel comfortable. Are there any um, help? you know for accommodation if you're if you're moving from one city to another city or do you know anybody else that have made a transition um anybody else similar age ranges and if you can't do that just do it on a wing and a prayer but also don't just apply to one area like i love meter museums i love them i love them i love them i love them and i'm going to continue to work in them um but look at what other related sectors are beside it look at what other sectors you can go into because you never know where life will take you. Mm-hmm. I, I did the traineeship. Uh, I, I got a job out of it. I'm doing vocational work as well um, for marginalized groups, for people getting into the job sector, a variety of things I'm working on. And I'm glad I did it. Yeah, some people might think, oh, that's the only reason why you got the job. Yeah, but also because I persevered. And I think perseverance is good, but you've got to be smart about it. Don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Don't just go, well, I know so-and-so. I worked hard in this, and that's all I need to do to get my next role to get my dream career no seriously put your stoke to many fires and you'll achieve many things and you can, you can do whatever man you got this 
Excellent. And finally, if you is there anything you'd like to plug online that you do, the work that you do? Is there any websites or links that we have? Or and I can put them in the show notes. If not, that's okay. That's all right. So I am an outreach officer with my many, many, many roles mm-hmm. at St. Marcus Cathedral in Aberdeen. So St. Marcus Cathedral is a, is a wonderful building and they're doing lots of renovation work. And we're going to have some scaffolding jobs coming up from the end of September onwards. It's completely free. So do get in touch with us. Um, so you just go on to uh, stmacca25 at gmail.com. Also, I am the creative director for Progress in Dialogue. Uh, Progress in Dialogue is a organization that helps to improve the lives of all marginalized communities and to champion grassroots voices uh, from across the society. So whether you're a travel community, um, person from a, a person of color, um, people, someone from a socioeconomic background, we want to build a really healthy kind of environment for people to talk about the issues and problems a bit like this show actually mm-hmm. and last but not least i am a career counselor for ahead of the game applications to cv services so you can find me also on facebook so it's called ahead of the game applications and cv services so if you need help with building your cv working on your key skills i put lots of quotes on there i post things about different organizations that have jobs available because sometimes it shouldn't be boring when it comes to applying for jobs sometimes you need something like a positive note a bit of a positive affirmation to push you through to apply to that next job so there you go that's me excellent well thank you so much for coming on and sharing so openly uh what happened and i'm hoping it's a message uh of the the to people who are in that position but also to the people around them to understand what this perspective is and what could be done to improve things thank you thank you for having me it's clear misconceptions you held dear They told you what you wanna hear Why can't you see that the truth will set you free Expose this modern myth with me A myth Modern myth This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.